Welcome to Take the Hill, a leadership podcast designed to connect you with influential individuals who are making a difference in their own respective ways within the industries that they are currently involved with. So we are here today uh, with Marissa Glokasher, and my name is Patrick Mavio. I'm the host here on Take the Hill, along with my partner, Dennis Ferkatich. Uh, we have the great pleasure of being here today again with Marissa. She is a first officer with Air Wisconsin, a mom, an airplane builder, and also a blogger at Yes Louisville. And one of the things that is really interesting and amazing about Marissa is the fact that one of her quotes she said is, surrounding yourself with those who support your dreams. And I think that's one of the things that might frame our discussion here today. So welcome to the show, Marissa. It's a pleasure to have you here. Great. Thanks so much for inviting me. Excellent. So did I miss anything in the bio there? No, no, it's perfect. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So again, you are currently a first officer with Air Wisconsin. So how did you end up in aviation? I grew up around aviation. So to me, it seems very uh, second nature and uh, grew up in the 80s. So before electronics, so (laughs) we would busy ourselves by actually going outside and I would pass time by, you know, watching the clouds, you know, change their shape and whatnot. And I just um, was really romanticized by all that and appreciated having a father in flying. So many of my childhood memories were spent tagging behind him at the airport and um, hopping rides. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I can certainly identify with that because I know one of the things we would always do on the weekends is our parents would take us to the airfields or the airport and spend a day just watching airplanes or watching people walk to the airport and kind of dream about their destinations or even flying the airplanes one day. So what do you think in terms of that experience, you know, if you think about leadership and aviation, and I think they kind of go hand in hand and there's a lot of lessons that we can derive from aviation, especially throughout our training that apply to leadership. But has there been an experience that has significantly challenged you to grow as a leader? Uh, probably being a mom. <laughs> That's <laughs> the most challenging. Um, and then having that, um, I think a lot of times you can have your, your dream and your passions. And in this case, obviously, being a parent is re- responsibility, too. But it's also, you know, a great joy and blessing. But a lot of those, a lot of times you can actually uh, create dreams and those two things coalesce. Mm-hmm. And I think I fought it very early on in my uh, uh, being a mom. And um, but once I actually stopped trying to separate um, my dreams and then wearing my mom hat over here, mm-hmm. um, I think they actually started to coalesce more. So it's kind of a breakdown of me. <laughs> so yeah. in order to kind of break through and that's really helped and reshape a lot of what I do now. And I think you actually bring up a really interesting dichotomy because I think a lot of people do naturally kind of separate those two roles and responsibilities, career and then being a parent, especially. Uh, I know that's something that I did early on as well. But I think once you can kind of realize that, you know, those two can kind of coalesce and you can be that same person and still be able to pursue your dreams and your passions and maybe even share some of those lessons and experiences with your children as well along the way. I think it just makes you happier or more holistic in the long run. Oh, absolutely. And they have a lot more saner of a mom. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Which is always a pro for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So, and this is kind of a question I think off the top of my head too, is for, so from being a parent, uh, 
and I've learned a lot from being a parent, especially when it comes to leadership. What do you, what do you think would be the greatest takeaway that you would tell others? Well, I think it's allowing them um, to be them. Um, I was real fortunate um, that my parents were very embracing of me. I was very shy growing up, um, very, very introverted, and um, more of the artsy, wanted to journal on my own <laughs> in, in my little own little world. And that leadership um, doesn't necessarily have to look and talk a certain way, you know, that you can be a strong person and leader um, regardless of your personality or your strengths. Uh, A lot of times we attribute, you know, great leaders to uh, good public speaking or, you know, I'm not, you know, how to, you know, maybe work a crowd or something, but it's, it's, um, it could, those I think those qualities can come um, in many different ways. I think that relates strictly to being a parent. Um, the kids are very different from each other, and um, they all have very strong leadership qualities. And I think that's helped teach me how to um, foster and nurture that um, that passion inside of them. And, you know, however unique that is to their own design. Yeah, and I, I think you, one of the things that resonated with me in, in your answer there, too, is if you think about presence and leadership presence, like you said, it, it does take on different forms. You know, it doesn't always have to be the most public, uh, charismatic individual in the room. You know, Sometimes that quiet, maybe introverted person in the background has the ability to become a good leader, right? Because, again, it, it's, it's, it comes in different shapes and sizes. So has there been an experience along the way specific to aviation that has challenged you to become a better leader? Yeah, specific to aviation. Yeah, well, early on in my childhood, my I lost my father in a plane crash, um, and I was uh, 12 when that happened. And so that definitely, for me, flying is something that's um, very emotional, and um, that's always been that way even before his accident. So to lose somebody to something that you love um, was you know, it's hard, you know, and um, also when you read an NTSB report and it's, you know, the pilot in command is your dad, you know, it just, it, it really reframes, you know, how you um, view flying. Um, so I think those, um, that definitely helped, or it, helped, it was challenged me, mm-hmm. you know, to, to work through things. Um, but then it also helped me to seek out like-minded individuals, you know, in flying that had that passion um, that my dad did and stuff too. So I think in in ways, you know, you um, seek out um, who you want to become. And so that's kind of a, the, the blessing and the, mm-hmm. yeah. the, the, you know, like the guide, kind of like a, if, you, if we can have one in life is I think to seek out who you want to become and um, like-minded individuals. And um, Building on that idea of, you know, surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals, you know, I think especially in leadership situations or when challenges do arise, you know, most folks have this tendency to kind of look elsewhere to assign blame. And I think that's one of the things as pilot in command or as a leader elsewhere, how do you become better equipped to be the one who kind of stands up and accepts responsibility to get things moving again towards whatever that vision might be? Well, um, I think a lot of that has to do um, well, if you kind of relate it to flying, if you stall a wing, you just lost um, air flowing over the wing, so you lost lift. And I think in many ways you can have that throughout your life. Um, I was in a very tumultuous marriage that was not very uplifting at all. And so when you're 
around that a lot. It's um, uh, very hard and um, can really break you as a person. And so I think just like stall recovery, you know, um, you'd want to, you know, bring your nose to the horizon, get your wings level, get air flowing over the wing, and before you know it, you've regenerated lift. And uh, I think that's true with um, life and um, issues that come up um, and situations that come up, too. So um, correcting the problem didn't necessarily asking for help to break a stall. You know, that was something that, you know, that I myself would have had to have done, you know, um, in this scenario. It would have been, you know, uh, kind of going through divorce. You know, I had to write myself and I had to work through it and then... Um, once I could gain enough altitude, so to speak, I found <laughs> like-minded individuals, you know, yeah. that um, wouldn't ever let me go in, in that type of situation again, you know, so. Yeah. And I think what's interesting, again, because like you said, we all go through these these periods where, that are going to challenge us as individuals. Um, but you also wrote something in one of your bios, I believe, uh, that it was a quote from uh, someone important to you that said, you know, the only difference between you and your captain will be your stories. You know, the airlines will always be there, but go find your stories. So could you talk about that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I was um, living um, in uh, paradise <laughs> in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> you know, early 20s and, um, yeah, barefoot and free and uh, on the North Shore. And um, at the time, I was working um, at a regional airline out there and um, in flight operations, and I'd been um, offered a position to fly for them, uh, the Dash 8. And I was really uh, torn by it. Um, a lot of the other classmates um, I knew, and this was like this lifelong dream of theirs. They were so excited to get to the airline world, and I was having a hard time just um, – trying I kept feeling like I was I was taking somebody's dream from them because I wasn't excited to go to the airlines I, I kept thinking if it was like this proverbial like <laughs> you know spooked horse going down those you know <laughs> the gate yeah. you know and just not wanting to go in the gate and go around the track that was my idea of the airlines and uh, so I talked to a friend that was a checkerman at Hawaiian Airlines and who also was a barnstormer and oh, wow. um yeah he flew Stearman's on the North Shore oh and beautiful yeah, so for me, I mean, he was just, I'm like, this man, I just respect him so much. And he was the one that had told me that. He's like, Marissa, he's like, the airlines are always going to be there for you. And uh, he, he's absolutely correct. I mean, um, what I what I have to bring to the um, to the cockpit, you know, is, you know, stories. That's what mm -hmm. you do. You story tell back and forth with, you know, your captain and, um you know, sh you know, just share adventures that you've been on, you know, to kind of pass by time, I guess. And, um, and, you know, hindsight now, I mean, he's, he was so right, but it, it was exactly what I, need I needed to hear at that moment. So I, at the time had turned down the offer and, um, to chase some other dreams. And, um, I don't regret that, you know, and it um, was always something that was good for my heart too. I think yeah. as long as you're doing something that's good for your heart and healthy, <laughs> then that's, you're on the right track. So. Yeah, and I think I mean there's a lot to be said there uh, in in what you just described because you know if you're looking to hire an individual or bring somebody into your team or in the cockpit with you, you know everybody typically comes with the skill sets, but you're really looking for somebody who does have a good story, somebody that you can relate with, you know because again not only are you spending hours with them in a cockpit, but like you said you need to be able to relate to them, 
And like you said, everybody goes through the same training, but how are you going to differentiate yourself? And I think, you know, if you follow your passions and you, know, you kind of take those calculated risks at times, you do collect a certain amount of interesting and exciting stories along the way, as well as learning from them. Because uh, again, like you said, I think you're, you're not necessarily always fitting the mold of what is expected, but you're kind of following and creating your story and your passion as you're moving through. So mm-hmm. it's, it's certainly a, a good perspective on that, which I think kind of leads us to our next question, which kind of segues perfectly because again, as you're thinking about, you know, those big decision to move to the airlines versus kind of going in maybe another direction for a period of time, you know, that, that ability to also see the larger direction of where you want to go, but also understand kind of the relevance and the importance of the short term and the smaller kind of steps along the way. One of the things that I see in organizations now is, you know, there's uh, leadership requires us to kind of focus on the details, but yet at the same time, you have to understand and be attentive to the larger mission. So what lessons either in aviation or just in life that from your experience can allow you to navigate kind of those two different lenses? Um, well, I think that it's, um, it really helps when you have a sounding board. Um, so for me, I've become involved in organizations who are like-minded but also allow you freedom to create and come up with your own idea. But just, you know, a, a very safe um, uh, group, you know, to be able to um, belong to with supportive women. Um, but... Uh, I guess for me, I, I was always constantly fighting like the social um, expectations, um, especially I'm, I'm a single mom. So um, coming to the airlines very late in the game and with kids <laughs> and a single isn't really something that I guess I thought a lot of people were doing. And it wasn't until I stopped listening to um, all the people pointing out how difficult the road was going to be and started listening to the people that were supportive um, it's really helped shift that mindset. Um, and I think it would be true if you were to be running a marathon or climbing a mountain, you would really want supportive people in your group. You wouldn't want to have somebody at mile marker 19 saying, um, <laughs> you look like you look a little rough out there. Marissa. You know, you're just yes. like, so, I mean, you want somebody cheering you on, even though you could quite frankly look like death and you think that you want to, <laughs> You want to quit, you know, but I think that there's just, um, I think that as soon as I realized that I needed support from other people and how to look for it and how to uh, maintain that too, I think that has helped um, give me more energy to continue on, you know, down the road because it's, uh, life can be tough sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So even into the everyday life, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I say, it doesn't have to be anything huge or overly dramatic. I mean, sometimes even the little things can trip us up occasionally. I mean, my I got my kids on the bus this morning, and I had coffee. Those are my two <laughs> high high wins for the for the morning, and you know I'm okay with that today. So. <laughs> yeah, I know it's the same way. I'm I'm just excited if everybody's going out the door with clothes on and shoes. So <laughs> right. I mean, my wife and I look at that as a major win. So <laughs> we'll take it. It is. It's a successful morning. This is great. <laughs> It is, yeah. it is. But, you know, your your message is, is incredibly important because, again, you know, having those people as a sounding board is huge because those guys are the ones that I think are not only going to be the most honest, 
with you when they see something that needs to be done or changed or done differently. But at the same time, they're also going to be the ones at mile 19 saying, you know what? Yeah, you kind of look like crap, but you're going to finish and we're going to help yeah. you finish. <laughs> and and like you said, those those guys are incredibly important. And no matter how hard or how insignificant an issue might be to you being the one going through it, like you said, it's, it's incredibly powerful to have those guys with you for the journey. So as you kind of you know, look forward, both in your career and, and what you're seeing in terms of your involvement. You know, what, what do you believe is the most significant challenge facing our next generation of leaders? Um, I think, well, I think it's kind of a, more of a, even like a community and societal maybe issues that are kind of going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but we like to compartmentalize a lot of things in our lives now. And um, I hope that there's a change where it's more of a linking arms mm-hmm. of um, leaders rather than um, kind of rubbing elbows. And um, I will say that I do think that the younger generation, I can say that because I'm not a millennial. I, I actually <laughs> had to like look that up to figure out what age range that was. I didn't think that I was. And so I think by default, I wasn't one then. Um, but I'm not. <laughs> so I was born, yeah, born in the 70s. So I was clear. But um, I think that a lot of the younger generation, though, I mean, as far as um, even though we're um, definitely more tech, um, savvy independent i do see a genuine interest in um mankind and being nice and kind to one another and i think that um i'm excited for the leaders to come and um but i think it also helps me even how i want to lead you know and um and what that looks like it's um you know it's just it's um when you look at a lot of the schools um, nowadays, we're so focused on, uh, at, you know, these standardized tests and, you know, you, everybody needs to be on, on point, on the mark. And the thing is, is that a lot of great leaders were not on the mark at all. <laughs> like, they um, were off or they um, were late to the game um, by a lot or they failed and a lot. There's so much of that that goes on. And so I think that, um, with our with the younger generation too and just you know us now that i've now told myself that now i'm not the younger generation um i guess i'm gen x maybe but um you know i think as long as we are appreciative of other people's skill talents and that um we don't come in a box um a lot of people craft those boxes and make them into rocket ships or uh force or you know whatever you want to do with that said box or even be a box thinker because we need those people too but it's I think it's um, understanding that we're all okay with our differences and our strengths. So um, I think the younger generation does um, grasp that quite well. Yeah, so. and I, I would agree with you, especially being in and out of the classroom and just doing work within the region, you know, both at the high school and graduate college level. Um, you know, you do see a lot more of the humanity and human elements uh, kind of being exhibited amongst the younger generation. Uh, and it is refreshing to see because you're right, it's it's not always so black or white or binary or, you know, we're not always on the you know, extremes of a particular issue. You know, there's there's a lot more, I think, in terms of the, the numbers who kind of tend to be in the middle and say, you know what, yeah, these are all relevant and we may have differing opinions or ideas, but at the same time, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And, you know, I think at the end of the day also, we're all looking for 
you know, some of the same things, be it respect, good leadership, the ability to talk about, you know, our different opinions and ideas and respect them at the same time. So it's, it's certainly exciting and something that I have seen as well. So how can folks who are interested in kind of learning more about what you're doing, uh, the boards and events that you're involved in and around Louisville, as well as potentially even a career in aviation, how can we stay connected to you or what are some of the things that you want to make sure that people are connected to uh, that you're involved in? Absolutely. Um, why um, I blog um, for Yes Louisville, which is a we're a positive content uh, um, platform. So a lot of the blogging that I do is a little bit aviation infused and um, just about being a single mom too. Uh, the, the pros and cons with that. And um, I'm also involved with Women in Aviation, which is actually an international organization that um, uh, the name might be deceiving. Um, it's it's um, really for everybody, so uh, male, female, uh, and it's anybody in aviation, even if you're an aviation enthusiast, um, uh, you know, the, the cloud dreamers, you know, it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to be a, a pilot or mechanic or air traffic controller um, or, you know, flight attendant to be in the organization. Um, you can uh, simply go just because you, you know, love flying, and uh, that is an international organization and which offers um, just millions of dollars in scholarships. And um, I have been a fortunate recipient of one, uh, so it doesn't really make a difference where you are in your career, whether you're a student pilot or um, you want to be an aircraft mechanic. Um, it's a great resource um, to go to. And um, I belong to uh, my local chapter, and uh, but chapters are found all throughout the, the U.S. and also internationally as well. And um, I'm also with uh, the Abingdon Foundation, which is a, uh, another nonprofit that um, helps uh, women um, in their uh, community and very unique, diverse backgrounds. We have a lot of race car drivers and welders and uh, pilots. Um, so I think it's it's redefining what um, that you know what what roles women can have um, that. Um, we aren't stereotypical, and, and uh, it's just a great organization to get in, involved with. And, again, a lot of scholarships um, as, um, there as well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Marissa, for taking the time to be a guest on our leadership podcast here today. Um, in a bio, I'll make sure we provide the link to our audience so that they can follow up and maybe check in with you, both at Yes Louisville, the Women in Aviation, as well as the Abington Foundation. Uh, just so that everybody can learn a little bit more about those organizations and support some of the causes that you are passionate about. Awesome. I appreciate that. And thank you again for, for having me. It's been fun. So it was our pleasure. Thank you. So as we close out the show here again today, we wanted to take one last moment again to thank Marissa for taking the time to be with us today. We think it was a great conversation, and we hope that you found it extremely insightful. We'd also like to take a moment to thank both the Roland School of Business as well as the Center for Media Innovation at Point Park University. They both play an integral role in supporting this podcast, both through time, resources, as well as the studios to record this podcast. So thank you. We look forward to seeing you in the near future as Dennis and myself have a few more exciting guests that we cannot wait to introduce to you. 